0: Well, it's good once again to be here in the uh, in the house of the Lord and uh, and this morning I would like to I would like to take my thoughts from the 3rd chapter of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. And I I'm, I don't I don't dip into Proverbs very often and maybe I should do it more more regularly. But today, I just, uh, I just felt, uh, felt, felt like that's where uh, the Lord would have me to be. And, uh, and, and we'll look at a few other uh, things as well. Um, <clears throat> but we're going to start here. My son, forget not my law. But let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, but fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. And uh, I'd like to stop right there. I'd like to stop right there. That's the first twelve verses of the third chapter of the book of Proverbs, and 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 I'd like i like for us to to take for a, the, our main thought is going to come from the middle of that. It's going to be trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and uh, and and that's one of the things uh, we were talking a, a little while ago about. Uh, about Brother Dallas Wheat uh, and his passing away, uh, this is one of his one of the most quoted verses I can remember him saying. Uh, he would always use this verse: "Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding." And uh, and so we're going to look at that for just a moment, uh, and and we're going to make note of a couple things here in this third chapter of Proverbs. And, and the first thing is is how how the uh, How the writer, how the, uh, which I believe it was, I believe Solomon was credited with writing Proverbs, or right, no, maybe not all of them, but he's, he's partially credited for writing, or generally credited for writing a a large portion uh, of the book of Proverbs. And, and so, uh, he, he starts this out, this, this third chapter starts out, and it says, My son, forget not my law. And, uh, and, and then he says, and let thine heart keep my commandments. Now that's the way that the law was supposed to be kept originally is, it was not supposed to be kept to the letter so much as it was the spirit of the law was supposed to be ingrained in the hearts of the children of God. That's the Israelites. And, and so we, we, uh, we're gonna look at that for just a minute because it's actually the thing that Jesus, uh, had. It, it was really the biggest contention that Jesus had with the Pharisees because they didn't do that. Now, in the 22nd, uh, or sorry, the 23rd verse, Of Matthew twenty three, this is Jesus talking uh, about the Pharisees, and he says, "Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees!" And he's saying this to them, and he says, "Hypocrites, right? Hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin." Now, these are things that we're supposed to do, right? Uh, He they were they pay tithe of all those things, and and Solomon writes here in this third chapter that. That is actually something we should do uh, when he says, uh, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the fruits of thine increase. And, and so he says here that you do that, but you omit the weightier matters of the law. Right? You, you omit the weightier matters of the law. And, and those were judgment, mercy, and faith. Now, those are the things. The things that they omitted were the things that Solomon said were the things that mattered the most. Uh, this is the way I'm going to come about this, and you can disagree with me if uh, if you choose to. Um, but these are the things that Solomon said that you should uh, that should uh, they they shouldn't be ignored Uh, and he says it literally he says uh he says my son keep uh forget not my law uh, and let thine heart keep their uh, keep my commandments and it'll be length of days and long life and peace Uh, you know people always uh, get asked when they've lived a very long life right what how is it that you've been able to live so long and i've heard I've heard people credit everything and anything for this, but I've I've very rarely heard people say, because God has allowed me to live this long. (laughs) I watched where there was one lady, I believe she was 100 and... I I don't know if she was getting close to 120. She was up there, and they asked her, maybe she's 115. I don't remember the exact age that she was. But they asked her why she lived so long, and she said, I drink a Dr. Pepper every day. And I was like, what in the world are you talking about? Did anybody else hear that? And I was like, "How how is a Dr. Pepper going to extend your life? Uh, it's not and uh and so it's god if we're going to live a long life a full life uh, it's going to be because god has been with us and and we've been with him uh and and that's what he says here uh solomon says that uh, uh that if you keep the the law and you and you uh and you don't forget it um but not legalist not in a legalistic way cuz he's going to touch on this here he says let not mercy and truth Forsake thee. Now that word mercy can be looked at as loving kindness, right? Uh, let not loving kindness. Uh, and then that word here in this verse it says that's translated as truth can also be looked at as trustworthiness, right? Um, let not uh, let not. Let's look at it from that that standpoint then. Let not loving kindness and trustworthiness forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck and write them upon the table of thine heart. And so shalt thou find good understanding in the sight of God and man. If you have somebody who's very kind and very trustworthy, generally they're going to be looked at in a very good light, aren't they? And uh and so that's what he's saying here. Uh and but that but mercy and truthfulness that's that's something that we should always uh have about ourselves. Now if we think about the uh if we go back into the law here for just a minute, uh we're going to go back into the 6th chapter of Deuteronomy and uh and want to look at a couple of the things that are said here. This is God, this is God-given the law here. He says now these are the commandments, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded Uh, To uh, ...commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all of his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, that they may be prolonged. Now there's a tendency, actually there's not a tendency, there is an inclination in the Christian realm today, right? Uh, or Uh If we want to use this word, in, in greater Christendom, there is such a temptation to go back into the Old Testament and to study the law and, and to start saying, well, as Christians, it's our obligation and it's our duty to keep the whole law. No, it wasn't. No, it's not. Who was the law given to? The law was given to the Jews, wasn't it? It was given to the Israelites uh, there at Mount Sinai through through Moses. Through Moses. The law was given to them. and, and, And it was not given to any of those other nations that were in the world at the time. None of the Gentile nations. Jesus made a point of pointing this out when he spoke of the Gentile nations and he says, those that are without the law, right? When they do the things which are contained in the law, become a law unto themselves. And so he's talking to people who have looked at the law and they have become so mentally focused on the law. That the way that they believe they're going to worship God is with their mind and not with their heart. And, And so they look at things and they parse things out to the nth degree that they might not sin against God. But Jesus told the Pharisees and the scribes, "...but you omit the weightier matters of the law." Let me say that in, in today's language. The things that are the most important, those things you ignore. The, the trivial things are the things that you give supreme weight to. Now let's, let's, let's look here. He says, Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. So he's telling them, look, you're you're going to be going into this fruitful land, uh, but you've got to do the things that I've told you to do. Now as the church today, I would ask the question, do we do the things that we have been told to do? When we go through and we read what the commandments of Christ were for his church, can we say, yeah, we do those things, and be, be, and, and be clear and be honest about it? Because I'm going to be honest, the, the Pharisees, uh, they believed down to their core that they were doing the exact right thing that they were supposed to be doing to keep the law. The scribes thought the same thing. They, they. If you would have asked them, if we, if we would have looked at their life, we would have said they're good people because they live their life in a certain way. They don't do many of the things that are vices. Uh, they don't engage in those things. They stay away from a lot of sin. Um, we would have looked at their life, and we would have probably, from an outward, from an outward perspective, seen them as really good people. But Jesus, but God doesn't judge on the outward appearance of man, does he? He judges on the inward. He says, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord is the the Lord our God is one Lord." And and listen to what he says here. Now this is going to call him this is the first answer that he gave when one of the scribes came to him and asked him what's the greatest commandment in the law. Now he thinks he's asking a question that Jesus is not going to be able to answer, correct? And so here's what he's going to say. He says, "And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might." Now, that's the first commandment, isn't it? There's two commandments upon which the whole law hangs. That's the one, uh, that you would love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your... uh Let me go back. With all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And then the second answer, he said, was, the second is like unto it that you would love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, upon those those two upon those two commandments hung the entirety of the law and Jesus he basically said that you don't do these things now he's going to give them the com- the commandment here he says in these words which I command thee this day shall be shall be in thine heart now this is what I'm thankful for today that that in the in the age of the new covenant right where does where does the, where are the laws written on your heart correct i will I will write them upon their heart and uh, and so we look here and he says it says this and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt listen. Here's here's what we need, folks. I I didn't no idea what we were going to talk about in Sunday school this morning. This is really kind of crazy. (laughs) I talked to Brother Carter between Sunday school and worship service, and I said, "There's two problems that I see." What was the first one? The first one was uh, was this, the, 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 change, the general change in society, right? But we always have this inclination to want to look at the younger people and we want to blame the younger people. We want, to, we want to say, well, here's why the church isn't really effective. Here's why it's not full. Here's why it's not influential anymore. It's because the church is not important to young people. Why is that? Anybody want to take a stab? What's the next thing that God's going to say? The, the, The answer was the parents didn't teach them it was important. Here you go. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Teach them diligently unto thy children. Folks, if, if you think your kids are going to learn through osmosis that it is important to worship the Lord, that it is important to go to church, that those spiritual things are greater than the material things of this world, if you think they're going to learn it just through, just through sheer osmosis, you've got another thing coming. There is a reason that God is so repetitive in Scripture, because we have to be told again and again and again and again and again and even then a lot of times we don't get it. We don't understand it or we just ignore it. And so he has a warning here doesn't he? He gave a warning and we're going to get into that in just a minute. He says, And thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. How many of us, when we sit in our house, what do we talk about? Anything other than the Lord, don't we? If we're being honest, anything other than the Lord... How about when you walk us by the way what is it that they're discussing on the road to Emmaus Jesus appears to them and, and they're all downtrodden and they and and they're uh, and they're and they're sad and, and he says why are you so sad and they'll say well don't you know what's happened in Israel they basically said what have you been living under a rock do you not know how Jesus was was crucified how he was murdered on calvary's hill do you not know these things and they talked about it on the way didn't they and now they and then they asked jesus and they said no 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 uh, we want you to come to our house and sit with us and, and 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 break bread with us and and uh and jesus did that and he kind of opened it up and revealed it to them and then the moment that they understood bam, he was gone wasn't he But they were sitting there talking about it. They walked, as they walked home, they talked about it. Everywhere they went, they talked about it. How do you think the kingdom of God expanded in the the amazing way that it did? It was formed very small. Uh, There was a conversation that I had with some people where they were really confused over the verse of scripture where it said, The kingdom of God is like unto leaven and they said well no wait no 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 they said that there was a guy who's saying no no this cannot be uh, in a positive sense I, and i was telling this guy this is the only instance in scripture i'm pretty sure where you will hear leaven spoken of And it will be referred to in a positive sense. I said, it makes no sense for you to say that the leaven here is sin when you're going to, so should I look at this verse of scripture and say, so the kingdom of God is likened to sin? I said, I don't think so. God hates sin. I don't think he's going to want sin prevalent in his kingdom. I said, he's referring to the ability of yeast that when you put just a little bit in there, in the same manner when, in which Jesus said, A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Well, the little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, right? It's the same teaching, just in the opposite way. Uh, it expands and it grows. And, and that kingdom of God was planted, and through the power of God, through the people of God, it conquered Kingdoms. It conquered all those pagan kingdoms. We look today at the gospel and we look at the scriptures and we look at the church and we don't see a kingdom in which Jesus Christ said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We look and we see something that's as if it's old and decaying. Folks, the gospel is just as relevant today. I argue more so because we are living in a much darker time than has been lived in in recent history. And I argue it's more relevant today, but it's got to be approached in truth. It's got to be approached uh, in the Spirit, the way that we expect to be worshipped, the, uh, the way that God expects to be worshipped, I should say. Uh, and we have to proclaim it that way. We can't walk up to people and, and say, Well, yeah, but uh, we get too bogged down in trying to be wishy-washy about Scripture instead of just saying, This is what Scripture says. And when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, you know he's just explained your whole day, hasn't he? When you're walking by the way, when you lie down, and when you lie up, when you rise up the next morning. That whole day, you should be diligently teaching your children about the Lord. That they may be impressed with its importance. And that they would take up the work. And thou shalt bind them now this is where they got into legalistic, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them on the post of thy house. I always I always get a kick out of when I when I go by Mennonites and they got their sign they got their, their posts out, and uh, they got a verse of scripture on, on the post. Anybody ever seen that? Uh, they'll they'll literally do that. And, and so, I mean, they don't make no bones about it. Uh, they make sure that you know exactly what they believe before you ever step foot on their property. If we should only be so bold. Most of us are too afraid of offending anybody nowadays to do anything of the sort. Because we, society is gradually drifting toward a type of Christianity which has nothing to do with Christ. And if it has nothing to do with Christ, then it's not Christian. And I'm going to finish up with this 10th verse here. And he says, And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not and wells digged which thou diggest not and vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Here's the warning, isn't it? Here's the warning. The problem that we have in America is we have too many Christians that are full. They, their bellies are too full. In many ways, I told my wife this morning, I think I'm one of them. Because <laughs> this winter, I have gained probably more weight than I ever have in my life. He says, then beware. Because you're you're in you're in the snares of a trap, aren't you? Then beware. Why? Lest thou forget the Lord. Lest thou forget the Lord. Remember what remember what he said over in the third proverb? My son, forget not my law. But let it Let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace and they shall add to thee. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That's a verse that's easy to say and hard to do. Don't be so... Don't be so egotistical to think that you're doing everything perfectly. Because if you come and you say that I've done everything perfectly, I'm going to ask you a question Did Moses do everything perfectly? And if you say yes, I'm going to know that you, know, you don't know any better, and that you probably think yourself that you, and that probably same thing pertains to yourself, because Moses, he wasn't allowed to enter into the promised land, was he? because of sin trust in the lord with all thine heart understand what god wants you to do understand what christ has commanded us to do and then do it to him that that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin i'll never forget i'll never forget Hear people in a church say that it's not our duty anymore, necessarily, to take care of those that are less fortunate. Now you say, well, who would say something like that? They didn't say it in that manner. They said it in this manner. Well, the government takes care of most things nowadays. This is literally kind of what literally what they said. The government takes care of most of the things nowadays. We don't have to do that and. That's why the church has lost all of its influence, folks. We were just read in the Old Testament. We don't have to go back very far. Uh, I talked. To, I asked Brother Carter about it. Uh, I said, "I think we're going to go. I think. I think we're in the midst of a wilderness in the churches, and our churches are in the midst of a wilderness. And here's why I believe that." When Joshua and Caleb and the other ten went and spied out the land of Canaan, they came back and ten gave an evil report, and that is a bad report of the land. And that is not that the things that God said was in that land weren't in that land, because they said absolutely those things are in the land, but they looked at the people of the land, they looked at the Anakims and all the other people that inhabited the land, And they said they'd be greater and mightier than we are. It was stated in our Sunday school class that we're supposed to be going out into the highways and the hedges. But why don't we do that? Because we're too afraid (laughs) that we'll be rejected, aren't we? The people of Israel of that day, they were too afraid that if they went into the land of Canaan, their specific thing that they said was that our wives and our children will become a prey. But God said that your wives and your children are not to become a, not going to become a prey. You're going to become a prey because you won't. You did not have the faith to enter into my land. So guess what? You're going to wander for forty years until the whole generation died, and then the generation which you thought was going to be a prey is going to be the generation in which is going to conquer the land of Canaan. Folks, we can't shorten the hand of the Lord. God is God. He, he does not need any one of us to accomplish anything. And he has set forth a church in the world that the, that those that are in the world, which don't know him, can hear the truth and be saved. We can't sit behind four walls and say, we can't do it. Folks, God's greater than anything we'll, we'll encounter in the world. You look at what's going on in our country today, and we better start having more boldness. We better start having more faith. We better start standing up for the things of the Lord, because nobody's going to do it in Washington, D.C. Has anybody heard about the about the bill that they're currently... Uh, Looking at in the Senate, the Equality Act, anybody heard about the Equality Act? What happens if the Equality Act gets passed? Probably men like Brother Carter and Brother Hogue and myself especially seeing as I'm going to take these sermons and I post them on the internet now. In, in many cases, they'll get sued. I'll tell you right now, in a lot of cases, all you got to do is look at Europe and they will be thrown in jail for preaching the truth of the gospel. Folks, we better be getting more bold and we better be getting down on our knees and asking God to give us that boldness to go out and proclaim the truth of God because it's going to take a turning of the hearts of the people of the country if the country's going to turn at all. It's going to be, this, this is a work that God's going to have to be engaged in and God's going to have to perform it. Right? The children of Israel. They conquered Canaan only because God went before them and drove out all of those inhabitants. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. We want to make everything make sense in our mind. But we're supposed to walk by faith. Those two things don't correlate, do they? I don't think they do. In my personal opinion, you can think that they do, and that's perfectly fine. But in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. These are the things that the Pharisees didn't do, right? Right? They elevated tradition to be equal or above the law. And, and then here he says, Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. Now that's that's the same thing that you hear read over in the New Testament where it says submit yourselves to God and the devil will flee from you. And we have to do the submitting ourselves to God first. We have to fear God first, and then we have to depart from the evil part. Uh, and And if we do that, then Satan's got nothing to work with. All of these things, he says, if you do all of these things, it'll be health unto thy navel. It shall be health unto thy navel. It'll be health unto your body. That's what that means. And it'll be marrow to thy bones. Marrow to thy bones. I'm going to close with this. Honor the Lord. If you're here today and you're lost, that's what getting saved is for. You're supposed to get saved that you may grow in grace and knowledge of the truth that you might with your life Honor the one who died that you might be able to have it in the first place. Honor the Lord your God. Honor the Lord with thy substance. Not part of thy substance, with all of thy substance. Honor the Lord. I think if we took this and we we applied this and we said, do we do all of these things which Solomon told us to do? I think we probably would say, we probably do some of them, but we probably don't do them to the degree that we should. And that's probably why we don't see the fruit that we want to see. We want to see the kingdom of God expand like that yeast expanded and it conquered kingdoms. I'm going to close with this. I believe it was Napoleon. I believe it was Napoleon Bonaparte. The first time he was exiled. Now, I don't know. I don't believe necessarily that he was safe, given the things that he did in the course of his life. I wouldn't make a broad-sweeping statement, but, you know, looking at that. But Napoleon Bonaparte had a thought. I read this quote that he that was accredited to him and he said because he had spent his whole life in the fog of war trying to conquer the world and he said there's a man who sat in a prison in Rome and without lifting a sword conquered the whole world and he was sort of referencing the work that Paul did when he was in Rome Through the the word, through the power of the word. This is why they say the pen is mightier than the sword. Through the power of the written word, Paul was able to convey the truth of the gospel and conquer pagan nations. Isn't that amazing? All you got to do is go to Daniel's vision, isn't it? Or not Daniel's vision, Nebuchadnezzar's vision of the the, the statue with the gold head and the silver arms and chest and i believe it was the brass belly and the iron legs but its feet were iron and clay representing the moral decay of the roman empire at the time of its fall and it was broken down with a stone which was not hewn right Meaning it was a clean stone because in the law of the altar, God said in the day that you take your tool and hit the rock, you've polluted it. So this is a rock that's a clean stone. It's a pure stone. It's Jesus that conquered them all through the power of the gospel. If we'll approach the gospel in that sense and in that light, we'll find ourselves, I believe, more effective. That's my message this morning. And I uh, hope you got uh, hope you got something out of it. I really do. Um, let's stand and have a verse of song, or verse or two of song, Brother Williams.